Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. The cards keep coming. Thank you so much to all the children who've taken time to make me Christmas cards. Yes, it's kids' cards for Kelly this Christmas time on the show you'd want to see the display out in the foyer of LMFM and it's growing day by day I really appreciate it and the artwork it's unbelievable children of all ages uh, I'm very grateful I really am I love them all I read them all and I'll uh, read some for you uh, uh, as we go through the show this afternoon too keep them coming there's plenty of time still uh, next week we'll be letting you know who's picked up that 250 euro voucher from Shoe City who are sponsoring our car this year it's not a competition we're just going to do a random draw for them all someone will pick it up and we have a toy store uh, vouchers as well to give away next week so keep them coming to us the post box is there reception 9 to 4 Monday to Friday and you can post them in of course thanks for joining us on the show again this afternoon lots of chat and more besides over the next couple of hours 086-1800-658 is our WhatsApp or text number if you want to get in touch Let me just read a couple of lines from a message we got to the station uh, late last week. Uh, The uh, message said many things, but I just want to read a couple of lines. I have gone, says my first guest today, from living in my own headspace to a world full of camaraderie, friendship and warmth. I feel I am a voice for forgotten Ireland, the lonely, the elderly and the retired. I'm delighted to say hello on the show this afternoon to Brendan Kilkenny. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Jerry, and hi to all the listeners in Loud and Mead. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Let's let's context you. You are an outgoing guy, a very, you know, positive fellow. You have been for all of your life, haven't you? You've been involved in so much. Yeah, basically, Jerry, if I can get trapped, anyone can, because I mean, here's an extrovert person who set up 12 friendship clubs, bringing people together in the 90s, who worked on seven radio stations and finished up his civil service career for eight and a quarter years, working in an office of 370 people and basically was asked to do all the speeches when people were leaving or having birthday parties. I adored the people there. I taught the world of them. And basically, on the 9th of April, 2021, when I hit 60 years of age, I retired in the middle of COVID. And to be honest with you, Jerry, when people ask me, Bren, how's retirement going? I told them 90% of the truth. It's a fairy tale. It's absolutely brilliant getting up every day and having all this time to do things. And I was doing things. I joined a pitch and putt club and was up on the course nine o'clock in the morning playing pitch and putt. I also uh, was playing all the records I never had the time to play and reading all the books I never had time to read. Mm. But I was doing all this by myself for two and a half years. Sometimes a week would go by and I'd have talked to no one except the shopkeeper or the person in the pitch and putt. 
or maybe phone call the family member having a chat. But basically, I couldn't get over. There was no adrenaline in my body. There was no energy. And basically speaking, I said to myself, um, do I want an easy life like this for the next 20 years where I have loads of time? But I said to myself, there's something massive missing. And you know what it was? A big community. I was always part of hundreds of people around me. And suddenly, I was on my Todd, like, and I was, I was in trouble, you know? So you were lonely? Basically speaking, I was empty, completely empty as regards not having people around me. Yes. And I want to say to anyone in Loudoun Mead who is listening to this, feel they might be lonely. Put your ear very, very close to the radio for the next few minutes because this is not a talking shop with um, Jerry. This is going to come up with a five-point plan to break the vicious cycle and scourge of loneliness in Ireland. So before I finish, you're going to have a five-point plan to attack and break this loneliness. This is uh, very important because that line I read from your message, uh, I could be the voice for Forgotten Ireland, the lonely, the elderly and the retired. You know, I've heard this and I've heard this from many people that people are feeling like you felt. You know, they feel this despite the fact, as you say, they may be living among people in communities, but they're lonely. They feel alone. Yeah, Jerry. Just quickly, before before I do the five-point plan, just quickly, I've been asked, there's interest in this nationally. I've been on national television, mm. national radio last week, and re- local radio all around the country are ringing me, asking me to do interviews and whatever. And basically, one of the questions I get asked on radio over the last few days is, especially coming up to Christmas, um, loneliness is actually multiplied and exacerbated. Yeah. What should someone do the simple thing and it's very important but it's hard for people to do a bit like anxiety or depression you bottle it all up it's no use you need to let it out so if you know someone even in your family and just say I'm struggling I, I don't have enough people around me I feel this empty pit in my stomach that's your first step you've got to be proactive no one rang no one rang Brendan Kilkenny's front door and said, are you struggling? I had to go out into the big world again and make it all happen for me again. And I went into a glorious life where I am happiness amplified. But I'm now saying to myself, I've never been a selfish person. I could keep all this to myself and have a great life for the next 20 years. No, I want to get out there and break this cycle of loneliness. I'm very passionate about this. Okay, Because so it's ruining people's lives. It is, it is, and I understand that. And, and especially, I know I've been talking to some friends who say have uh, lost their soulmate in life, their partners or whatever, and they were saying to me, yeah. you know, they don't do much anymore. And if they do something, Brendan, here's the thing, and you'd know this, it's the going home afterwards where there is nobody there. Yeah, that's... That's, that's very, very true. And you're putting in some very, very good points as well, uh, Jerry. Very, very good points. But 
I always have believed, that's why I set up all these friendship clubs back in the 90s, for no money, just voluntary. I've always believed action is speak louder than words. Mm. Anyone can be in a pub, have a few drinks and change the world or give out about the world. I've never been that person. So today, I just want to say to that person in Mead and in, uh, in Mead or Loud, there's massive hope. I'm inspired by what's happened to me and I want to inspire you now. So just listen closely. I've done a five-point plan that is not highfalutin because mm. your brain is frazzled by loneliness, etc. Mm. You only need to hit lucky with one of my five points and you could get out of this horrible trap. The one that I got out of was I put into a search engine. Now, I'm going to change it around because mine was Dublin. So I'm going to put, put into a search engine friendship clubs or social clubs in Loud and Mead. You'd be surprised what might come up. One, one of the ones that came up for me, I, it's, it's, it's made my life so happy, unbelievable. That's one. Yep. The second one is so straightforward that you kind of think, how did, did anyone ever think of this? You won't get it in a book. You're lonely. You've lost confidence. Your head is down. I don't care when you go up to the shops and you're getting your loaf of bread or pint of milk. I don't care if, you're, if, you're, if your head is down because you don't want to make eye contact with people. But I want you to get your head up when you arrive at the first shop. You're not to go into the shop. You're to stand outside that shop window and look and see. Can you see any little small notice or big poster advertising, say, a coffee morning or a dance? Now, if you're not ready for a dance, take down the phone number, ring the phone number and say, I've been lonely for a good while. I'm not ready to go to a dance. Do you know anything in the community where I can have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee with a few people? The small message might say, there's a coffee morning. Now, you might say, I'm lonely. I can't walk into a coffee morning. You've got to have, there's no gain without pain, which is better a long life of loneliness with no quality or a temporary fear of going into a coffee morning where there might be 20 people. Go in and say, are you looking forward to Christmas or it's very cold out there? Or you might even find someone talks to you first and says, do you want a cup of coffee? That's number two. Three, Citizens Advice uh, Information Centre. Give them a bell. Four, have a look in your own community. Is there a parish hall? You know the way they do have yes. things like Wheels on Meals or a community council, that, um, a local community council. That is four. And five, you're not going to earn any money out of this, but I ran clubs for years making no money. Go and see, is there a charity shop? Volunteer, even for half a day. You would, you would be surprised how many contacts you'll make and how, how many um, friends you'll make just by being there and by maybe putting a few things on the shelf, etc. Yeah. So there are the five points to get you out of your hell of loneliness. And all you need is one of those to be successful. And you can have, like me, a life full of camaraderie, warmth and friendship. And you know what I like about them, Brendan, as you said, 
they're straightforward. They're simple. It's not rocket yeah. science. It it really no. is. So when you when you reconnected and got back, away you went again. It's amazing to think because you're you're as I said, you're a very outgoing man. You have been all yeah. your life. You're a social creature. If this can happen to you, it can happen to anybody. I was in real trouble, Jerry. Basically, those two and a half years, I was very inward looking. I wasn't the person. I was a shadow of the Brendan Kilkenny before. And basically speaking, after two and a half years of this, I said, Brendan, it's time to go out into the real world again and make it all happen. And I asked myself one question. Are you capable and, of doing this? And I, and I said to myself, are you joking? Look what you've done all your life. Get out there and make a difference again and make a difference to your life. And my life now is so happy. I've, I've, I'm not joking. I've hundreds of people now around me. Mm. And I can honestly say for two and a half years, I was on my Todd and I was in my own brain. So basically, I want to share this with people. There's a fantastic life out there a hum- of quality and we need people. We need people more than ever now since COVID. Yeah. And, and people now, hybrid working, etc. COVID has changed things. So we need human contact. And I'm determined to spread that word. And it is spreading now all over Ireland on radio stations, etc. And I think, Jerry, what I've started is a momentum that I think is going to make a huge difference in 2024 for the people of Ireland. Well, I hope it really does. And and two things I pick up on there, you say, yes, COVID has had a massive impact and the effect of it is still being felt today and will be. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, you worked in the civil service for years and years, you said, and you were in a big office there for those last eight or years or so. Retirement, when somebody does retire from work, Brendan, that's, that's a, a, a difficult, that can be a difficult moment if you don't get on and get out there. It is. I mean, I thought, I thought I'd be able to conquer it, no problem. But yeah. I got out there, but I was very much by myself. Mm. I would say to people, I used to think, I used to think to, to people, I used to think that you had to ask yourself three questions before you retire to see, can you retire? One, can you afford it? Um, two, have you got hobbies? And three, are you at peace with yourself? And I said a big yes to all those. But... I never realized the most important one I hadn't considered. And that is, have you got a big amount of people around you when you retire? See, one of the things, Jerry, that um, I um, got wrong through no fault of my own was when I was working with those 370, we worked together all week and we partied at the weekend Mm. on a Friday we went out to the pub together, etc. I thought when I was retired that every Friday I'd be going out with them. But COVID changed everything. They're now in the office one day a week. They're not there on the Friday. So that's why they're not ringing me. So basically, they ring me when there's a Christmas party or a summer barbecue. But I thought I was going to continue a great social life with them. But I was very, very wrong. Through no fault of them, or for me, mm. COVID has had a huge impact. But basically, we need to be very careful because COVID has increased this massive scourge of loneliness. Yes, it has indeed. Brendan, listen, you're great. But, but, there's, but there's a positive. There's a po- but I'm very positive. 
and the five point plan and just hearing my voice, the voice you're hearing now is about 20 times stronger than the voice that I carried for two and a half years. Mm. Brendan, thank you for joining us and uh, putting the message out on LMFM this afternoon. I'm sure many people uh, will take from what you've said and uh, take your advice and please God, the loneliness will not be part of the lives, as you say, as we move into the new year. Thank you, Brendan. Please God. Merry Christmas to everyone. Bye now. Many happy returns. Brendan Kilkenny there, an extrovert if ever there was one, just shows you what can happen very, very easily. You would late lunch on LMFM Radio. Short break. I'll uh, let you know what's on some of the cards that have come my way today from the children of the Northeast. Christmas cards, kids' cards for Kelly. It says in this envelope, it's just arrived in, in the post. Kids' cards for Kelly, late lunch show. And I see it stamped on the back. Hold on, we open it. Sandpit. When I open the envelope here, Sandpit National School. And let me see what's contained within. Oh, my God. Look at this from the school. Aren't they just lovely? Sean Kennedy from fifth class. Thank you, Sean, for that one. Look at this one here from Sarah Grogan. I'm just flicking through them here uh, from the school. Another one there has come to me from Luke McKeown. Oh, Luke, you're a fantastic artist. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Love, love, love on this one too. Uh, Jerry Kelly and Louise LMFM from Anna Lee Tracy there. And there's, oh, look at the size of that card there with a snowman on the front of it. Who is this from? It's from James Campbell. He's age 11 from Castlecoe Hill. Clotter head there. Oh, they're just fantastic. I'm amazed by the effort and work that's gone into these cards. Here's a few more that have come my way this morning. There's loads of them. I can't read them all. Ethan Krasimirov from Yellow Batter and Drogheda. You're fantastic. Look at this with a Christmas tree that opens. Decorations all over. That comes into me today from Sive Erin in uh, Forest Park in Drogheda. Thank you so much indeed. And I have to mention the teachers, the principal and the students at St. Oliver's National School. They've been just great getting into the spirit of kids' cards for Kelly. There's another one from Alexa Burke. Better give her a mention there. Thank you, Alexa. Vinayak P. Vipin has sent me a card. He's nine years of age. Have a wonderful Christmas, Jerry. And one more before we uh, head to some uh, Christmas music. Well, I see this is a beautiful one from Abby Rock. Look at that. The Santa Claus and the way she's put that together. It's absolutely brilliant. I love them. Keep them coming to me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, next week, early next week, we'll uh, draw a line in the sand and keep an eye on our social media channels. You uh, can see the me opening the envelopes, reading the cards, and we're going to give you a good uh, 360 degree view of reception in LMFM the foyer there where all the cards are going on display that'll be up on social media tomorrow Friday and over the weekend I'm delighted to say hello to my next guest because he is so talented he's a renowned graphic artist and if you're up on Dockway you'll see his work in person it's absolutely brilliant Omen, welcome to Late Lunch. How are you, Jerry? I'm good. Better for having you with me in the studio today. You are fantastic. May I say that to you for a start? Thank you very much for the compliments. Not at all. Your work is simply wonderful. And I have to say, just a point that crossed my mind. You know, you started out on this journey how long ago? 27 odd years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you think about then and graffiti, which is the medium you sort of started in, uh-huh. and the attitude today, 27 years on, yeah. it's a sea change, isn't it, it? It's a big, big change. Yeah, yes. completely. Uh, the tides have changed. Yeah, look, there's a huge interest in it these days. It's 
I suppose much more accepted uh, it's more in the public realm I suppose you know um, yeah I just got into it fairly young as a, as a young adolescent into. I was going to say you must have been in short pants how many years ago did you say yeah, 27 oh, years oh you're wearing short yeah. pants there's no yeah. doubt about that at that stage <laughs> yeah so it's been it's, it's in the blood at this yeah. stage yeah. yeah I've been doing it such a long time you know so look the walls just got bigger basically for me really you know it's kind of it started out you know as a collaborative effort between a bunch of mates you know we 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 obviously didn't grow up in New York in the 70s or 80s but we kind of got into it through a different avenue we used to play in bands years ago actually and we ended up designing the the band name you know and making posters for yes. gigs and that's kind of how we got into typography and you know developing letter forms and that was kind of our innings basically mm. and we also got hold of a graffiti magazine from uh, Paris and we, we couldn't, our, our heads were blown away by what people do in the middle of the night. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it was in the middle of the night at times. Yes, you know? exactly. Banksy-ish, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where yeah. it stems from, really. Mm. You know, it's that's what kind of drew us in at the start, you know, the rebellious nature of it, like, and stuff. But, um, yeah, look, I, I still have a huge love for graffiti and that's kind of what got us going and got us into it. And mm. uh, I, I just stuck to it. You know, I've always had a big interest in art. So, you know, I just took it from there and just kept kept going with it. Yeah. The difference it makes, I have to say this, it, it really does brighten up spaces and brightens up people's lives because yeah. I don't know what it is about me anyway. Mm. When I see it, I'm uplifted. Brilliant, yeah, yeah, you know? completely, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like the, the the whole streetscape, and I know, uh, like in Dundalk, where I'm from, um, with the Sikh festival, you know, the whole streetscape. When you walk around now these days, it's, it's as you say, it's an uplifting thing, and I've noticed it. You know, people talking to me and stuff. It's just, it's a an empowering kind of a thing. You mm. kind of become proud of your locality and stuff like that so that's that's a real genuine thing like you know for for people's day-to-day -day lives you know mm. so if you can inject a bit of positivity in people's lives that's that's a good thing do you know you do that by the <laughs> spadeful may i say look at the moment uh, we, we will come back to the street art and, and uh, stuff in, in a moment but mm. it's important to mention that you have an exhibition going on at the moment in the basement gallery at Anton Art Centre the wonderful Anton Art Centre in yeah. Dundalk and it's running until the 22nd of December folks and it's open there Tuesday to Saturday between 10 and 4pm now when I look at what's on display there and you know what I'm comparing the size of the works in the gallery to those massive that you yeah. do talk to me about that is it a different approach you know or is it similar on a smaller scale larger scale you know what I'm yeah. getting at no for sure yeah definitely um, yeah it's it's a mix of both like I love working on both you know in both realms I suppose all the way through um, you know we've painted on big walls and things like that but I've always painted on canvas you know so I've always okay. kind of had a love for that as yes. well but it's kind of trying to, yeah, people's minds get blown. We're like, oh, how do you scale it up and how do you do it on the bigger walls? Yes. Um, th th there are techniques, you know, back in the day, I used to be very much, you know, like just freehand and try and, you know, and you're, you're ho hope for the best, and, <laughs> you know, but there are techniques, I suppose, these days you can put up sort of different types of grids and things like that. There's a, a squiggle grid or whatever. There's different names, but yeah, to kind of get your scale so you don't have to step back all the time, you know, step off a cherry picker or step yes. off a sort of a machine that you're working on. So, yeah, there's ways and means of getting your, your, your work big as big as possible yeah. but then I suppose working small scale um, more recently 
with the canvas work, I've started to work in oils, which is much more traditional, yeah. you know, like, you know, dating back thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a big love for, you know, fine art and, and, and that kind of approach. So it's been a it's just another learning curve, really, like, you know, another medium to work in. And it's something I've always worked, wanted to work in. Mm. It's definitely been more acrylic painting and obviously spray painting. But the oils is, is, is great because you're mixing paint from scratch you know you're, you're you're painting a portrait with basically three colors you know you know blue yellow and red and with those three colors you can make almost any color you know and then with a little touch of white you get your shines and highlights and stuff so it's uh, it's that's been a real joy to kind of jump into that kind of realm and trying to kind of get a good representation of a portrait or a face yeah. or you know something like that I love the know. way you describe it that it's so you know you do this and you mix this and the street colours you're talking to a fellow that <laughs> failed art the only subject I ever failed in my life okay. and it still annoys me to this day but anyway hey, uh, hey, there's, a, there's always time you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'm running out of that omen for sure at this stage um, but uh, the, the name of the exhibition, where did that come from? Ill communication. Ill communication. Yeah. So look, I, I'm I'm always interested in how people communicate these days in this in this modern era. You know, like what you know, with social media and with all these you know current platforms that we kind of you know it's kind of it's meant to bring people together in in, in inverted commas. But it kind of I feel sometimes it sort of separates people in a way. But I'm trying to you know sort of bridge that gap, and I love the way technology kind of sort of with your TV kind of goes glitchy and things like that. I kind of feed into those little things where there's little mishaps along the way. But, you know, I try and, you know, shine a light on those little yes. things, you know. So and then Ill Communication, the, the name itself is I took it from like a Beastie Boys album from around the 90s, which I have a huge love for that album and that era in general. Mm. I love that kind of, you know, it was a very creative time for yes. me as well and uh, plus for the music and stuff like that so I kind of wanted to pay homage to that as well and obviously ill meaning good in slang terms yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so it's <laughs> yes. it's a play on words and I do I do love to do that with, with my pieces as well there's mm. a lot of play on words and vocabulary you yes know, and, yeah. yes so um, find a wall and away you go <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's yeah. not like it, if, was, if it anyone, was like anyone's that. out there listening you know <laughs> any blank walls yeah. <laughs> is that what is that the, is that the um, well yeah back back in the day it was like you know between a bunch of mates and we it was sort of like um, you know we'd, we'd egg each other on we'd push each other to kind of develop our styles and you know it was we, we put a lot of effort in back yeah. in the days to kind of you know, develop what it what it was we were doing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like so, you know, graffiti a lot of the times is like letter based, and you know, any normal punter or someone passerby mightn't understand it. You know, it's mm. quite a, like it's a hidden language, really. Like you know, but um, it was kind of something that we pushed and developed. And you know, I would cross over obviously into like character painting, and with those walls, you would have characters and letters, and then the two would work together, and then you've got backgrounds, foreground. You know, so there's a whole yes structure to, to, to painting but so that was kind of the graffiti but then with the murals it's just kind of you know it's all about your subject matter and what sort of what story you're trying to portray yeah. you know and so, you're commissioned yeah. this is it's not find a wall you are yeah. given the wall or whatever the side of a building or whatever to to, to work away on mm -hmm. um, I've been looking at some of your work and people you mentioned people there you're a great one for people and flowers 
Yeah, for you, sure. You, yeah, you, you love that, you know. Yeah, recently it's yeah. Been, it's 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 creeping into my work a lot lately. Like, how how could you not be inspired by nature? <laughs> no, really, the like colors, so. Yeah, yeah. everything to do with it. Yeah. I, I spotted one. Maybe you'd explain this to me. You know, Debbie and Stephen, their back garden. Well, I'll tell you something. You see those eyes in that mural? <laughs> those eyes follow you everywhere. Yeah, don't for they? sure. Yeah. Who, who's Debbie and Stephen? So actually, Debbie, Debbie and Stephen, they're from Drogheda here. Uh, shout out to Debbie and Stephen. Uh, they're really, really, really nice. Uh, couple they um Debbie I think reached out to me years ago she had mm. she used to have bubblegum hair salon in town and um she got me to paint her whole salon years ago and she just let me run free like basically she's like oh I love your work just come and do do your thing so I was like thanks a million and uh, so we struck up a, a friendship since then and her husband Stephen used to own the skate shop in town here as well right really nice guy and um yeah so then we we've kind of been friends ever since and then she's like trying to get me up to paint her garden for years <laughs> I, I actually kept putting her off so uh, I, was, I was pretty busy a year or two ago so we finally got round to it and I said look worth I'll, I'll, waiting for yeah I, I know have they, to say. they have a really really really, oh, really slick it's, pad it's, and, uh, it's fantastic yeah. there's another one a flower buzz and Morgan's house I Morgan's love house, yeah. that yeah Morgan Morgan's a character yeah. as well and, and shout out to him too <laughs> and, and again he lets you yeah, express he, yourself. He he he's got an absolutely beautiful house, big sort of stately home type thing where where you know um yeah, he just let me run free as well and kind of he he sort of let me yeah, you know, kind of develop what it was we were doing and then yes. I just suggested how about we do just a big giant sunflower on the side of your house and he was just bowled over by that because it's one of his favorite flowers and you know it's kind of hit the hit the nail on the head it's there it's amazing so. it's amazing i have mm. to say to look at it blossom at st bridget's school in Ardesman. yeah it's yeah lovely that was another with one with the day. students and the teachers for sure yeah yeah so we did a lovely wall together with the students uh they were probably the most enthusiastic bunch of kids i've worked with like you know there was a, it was incredible so we, we kind of bounced some ideas and yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You're all right. You're okay. <laughs> it just shows that this is a live interview on Late Lunch. Omen is with me on Late Lunch. Check out his exhibition at the Basement Gallery in the Town Art Centre in Dundalk. Running till December 22nd, Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 4pm. I want to come back to another one of your works that really caught my eye. It's in Wexford. The National Opera House, mm-hmm. and you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You did. It's the gable of a house, isn't it? Or the gable of a building? Yeah, it's that street with yes. the the some of the, the opera house is on. Owned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that photograph's amazing because you're looking at the mural, and in the background is the and the. There's something about a 3D dimension or something to it, isn't there? <laughs> that, that was the plan. Yeah, yeah. There, but there really is. Pops out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the idea, I suppose, was looking back at how the uh, opera festival was started, you know, in, in Wexford, which was just uh, a group of people. They have like um, a gramophone society so back 100 years ago or whatever. And that's kind of, they used to sit around listening to music on the gramophone. And then one thing led to another. Why don't we do a festival mm. in, the t- in the city? And uh, so then that that was kind of paying homage to that, you know. So I was like, right, I'm going to do just a ginormous gramophone popping out of the, the wall, really, like, you know. So, yeah, they, they, they really went for it, like, and they loved it, you know. Oh, and, and the image itself, I kind of did a sort of a, not a replica, but a, I've used a similar gramophone in one of the pieces in the show yes. in the basement gallery. So it's quite a big, large piece, um, but with a different sort of background and stuff, like, mm. you know. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, so tell listeners where they can check all this out, where I've been looking at it. Where are you on social media? Tell yeah, them now so where you are. Instagram is probably the best place to get me. So it's at ominous underscore omen. So I, I, I write my name omen with an I. So yeah. it's ominous, O-M-I-N-O-U-S underscore O-M-I-N. Yeah. There you go. Have a look, folks. If you're check this man out because he, he's simply brilliant. Coming back to the murals and that, I suppose weather plays a big part in in, yeah. And is it difficult at times to plan your work with the Irish weather? I suppose summertime is yeah. best. Isn't yeah, it? This, this is quiet season now. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and I was going to say, take last summer, the blinking rain we yeah. had in July. Sure, it was oh, nearly a washout. It's for crazy. You. It is. It, it like it's it's really hard to plan. You know, you kind of, mm. you know, you set everything in motion. You rent out equipment and gear and this, that, and the other, and you're ready to go. And then it's a pure downpour, like as well. And plus, if you're using. I've started to use a lot of emulsion paint in, you know, to, to produce the work as well, not just spray paint. So you're kind of taking a risk there. Yes. You have a lovely portrait painted and then it, it's a downpour and everything just runs, you know. Mm, so that's that's the risk you run, you know. As, so. as the unbelievable said, it'd be a great little country if you could roof it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you'd love that for your work for sure. For sure yeah. But talking about your work, it's not just Dundalk and Wexford and everywhere else besides back gardens and drought and things like that. Europe. The United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was in, in New York recently. I did the J1, obviously, years ago when I was 21 and um, met up with a lot of people over there, like guys I would look up to, obviously, in the graffiti culture side of things. Um, so I kind of got to bump into a lot of guys. And then last year they invited me over for a show to, to be in a show in Brooklyn, which was absolutely incredible. So 
first time I got to show my work in in uh, in New York. I also got to paint as well in Brooklyn and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's always a, a massive uh, t- tick box to tick, you know, as a as a graffiti artist, I suppose to go back to the mecca of graffiti and and leave your mark as well. So yes. it's really really yeah epic, you know. And obviously the creativity wells up within. You're always you know thinking you know. What is next? Yeah. I, I'm sure that's the creativity is a huge part, of course, yeah. of what you do. Completely, yeah. No, I've just finished like a massive body of work for this show. Like I've kind of been buried in the studio for a good, you know, it's it's been in the head for a year, and then like you know, all these ideas obviously have to materialize mm. and come to life, you know. But uh, definitely, there was three months of like 13 hour days and long, long, long hours to try and just execute what I had in mind, you know. So it's it's really nice to be kind of out the other side but yeah as you say the mind is ticking away what's next what's happening and keep the ball rolling and yeah yeah is it you know as many artistic people will tell you you know you don't have a nine to five job Mm. you don't have you know is that the way it works is it is it is it you know sort of loose in terms of what's next and Uh, no or have you a, a definite path and plan say for next year for example yeah, next year. Well, I'm just literally, I just drove back from Limerick this morning. So we were kind of, I can't say what the job was, but I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, we're, there's there's talks of something big happening okay. over there. So, yeah. Okay. So there's loads of work. So I'm trying to, yeah, prep prep for the for next year. And usually, yeah. like, it's as we were talking about the weather and stuff, we try and plan for larger murals, you know, early spring and then obviously run through the summer, you know. Yes. So, yeah, like, uh, and even though I've been in the studio painting on canvas and stuff, I have a few ideas that didn't even make it into the show that I'm, I would like to kind of execute yeah. as well. So yeah. there's it's constant, really, like, you know. That's so, great to yeah. hear. It really is yeah. great to hear. Look, it's been fantastic having you with me on the show today. Thanks so much for dropping Thanks in. I'm delighted to meet you. And great it's to a meet pleasure. You. Yeah. It you. is a pleasure to Thank meet you. somebody who is so creative, so wonderful and brings so much joy and happiness and brightness to people's lives. Long may it continue. Omen, it's been great having you with us on Late Lunch. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Tara Walker, wouldn't be Christmas on Late Lunch unless I paid a visit to you and we chatted about the Christmas fair. I thought I would do something nice and simple for us just to get us in the festive spirit. So I'm going to do some mulled wine and mince pies with frangipan this evening. Oh, you're talking my kind of Christmas. Okay, so let's uh, kick off and begin with the mulled wine. Yes, so first of all, we have a very cheap wine. Do not use a good red wine for this. It would be sacrilege. So I think this was about six euros in Aldi. It's a Tempranillo. It's probably not too bad, you know, but just always go with the cheapest wine, red wine. Now, obviously, not something that's already sweetened or something like that. So we're going to pop a bottle of the red wine into a pot. And we're going to sweeten it up with a little bit of sugar then. So about a tablespoon of sugar for a bottle of wine. Then we're going to add our spices in. So this is where it turns into mulled wine. So I have a few sticks of cinnamon. They're going to go in. Next up then I have a pinch of ginger. So as you can see, these are all these nice kind of Christmassy kind of nice soft kind of spices like you'd see in Christmas cake or pudding or whatever. So that's my ginger gone in. Next up, I have some mixed spice. And then I've got some whole cloves going in, just a couple, not too many for those because they can make it a bit too sharp and they're a bit overpowering, so in they go. Next up, star anise, which I suppose you could say are kind of a little bit like cloves, but just have that little bit more, maybe of a sweet sweetness to them. So let's pop a whole star anise in. 
and then I just have a pinch of nutmeg. If you have a whole nutmeg, even better, grated in, it is a bit better flavoured, but I just have the pre-ground here. And I have a little bit of the rind of an orange. So because I love orange so much, I like to go quite heavy on the orange for this. I mean, don't you think that sort of smell of orange mm. and, and these lovely gentle spices, such a lovely Christmas aroma. Um, so I'm going to take a nice peel off, but don't go too deep into the pith because that's a little bit on the uh, bitter side. And then just to fortify it up, this is optional, a little touch of brandy. I like your style. <laughs> and I have to say, I don't like brandy on its own myself, but I kind of like the sharpness it gives to this. It just gives a little bit of balance of flavour to it. So I think this is just lovely. Have it sitting there while we make our mince pies. It gives you that lovely festive smell. I have to say, I find you definitely wouldn't have more than two at the most. For me, one little cup of this is enough. It just warms the cockles a little bit. Gorgeous flavour. So I think it's kind of a nice drink to have this at this time of year because it's not something you want more and more of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the aromas, I can tell you, are just fantastic. And it just roars Christmas at you from the pot there. Now, will you bring that to the boil? No, so we're just going to bring it up to just under the boil. So not even really a simmer because we don't want to burn off the alcohol here. We're not really looking to reduce it or thicken it or anything like that. The nicest way to do this actually is maybe to, if you've got induction, you can probably put on the lowest. But with gas, like I have here even my lowest it could come up to a boil so what I sometimes do is switch it off switch it on again switch it off switch it on again just to keep it warm because it it, it does benefit from sitting and mulling basically the longer the better really within reason obviously not for hours and hours and hours but certainly an hour or two so that'll just come below the bubble mark there you lower it down then and just leave it on the heat exactly just low. leave on a very very low heat and you, look see even on my lowest I heat see it. it's starting the uh, slight little bubble on the edge so i'll turn it off now and the heat that's in there the residual heat will keep on mulling those spices so we let that mull away as we head towards the making of the mince pies and you are well organised, I have to say, here today with everything. So let's uh, begin the preparation of the mince pies. So I'm going to use a food processor for this because it's very quick. I'm making a short crust pastry, first of all, a sweet short crust pastry. So I'm going to pop my flour in. I have 100 grams of flour here. Next up then, I'm going to add my butter, which I have in my fridge here because I want to keep it nice and cool and it's quite warm in here. So I have 50 grams of butter and I've just cut it into little cubes, as you can see here. And then I have a tablespoon of icing sugar. So at this point, this could be a savoury short crust pastry. So you could pop a little bit of salt in there and make a quiche or whatever. So, but obviously we're going to use the uh, icing sugar for a sweet short crust pastry today. And then about half, if you can say half, an egg yolk, okay? So when you're making this by hand, you're going to be rubbing the butter and sugar together. So it's easier to kind of just get a little bit of the egg yolk in. So we go with about half of it. But don't well done, Tara. That's a perfect division there. You couldn't have done it any better. So half an egg yolk. Yes. And it's a real deep orange colour yeah. egg yolk, isn't this it? This is from our uh, egg machine here in Terminfac. And I just actually bought them before you arrived out. So they're really super fresh. So we're going to pulse rather than hold it down, if you know what I mean. Because... With a pastry, a short pastry, you want that really kind of um, fine texture. So short crust pastry in French is called sable, which means sand. So little grains of sand. If you think of that, that's the texture you're looking for. So that's why we keep the butter cold, because if the butter is too warm, it starts to go kind of melted and it gives you that kind of, just doesn't give you the soft, the crumbly texture, the lightness. And then also not handling it too much so that's why actually using a food processor is really good for this because you know your hands can start to melt the butter very quickly and also the reason for pulsing as well is not to activate the gluten in the flour here so just a few quick pulses 
and it should resemble breadcrumbs now, which it does more which or less. Which it absolutely yeah. does. If you brought me in here and didn't tell me, I'd probably say <laughs> that was a breadcrumb. Well done. That's lovely. So out onto our work surface now. We're just going to bring this together with our hands. So this will take a couple of minutes. Just push it together, press it in, and eventually it'll become a little pastry. So at the moment, I know when I do this in my classes, I've been doing this in my online classes, or I did a cookery demonstration as well with this recently, and people are always amazed that it can turn from this kind of breadcrumb texture into a pastry. But if you just keep bringing it together, pressing it together with your hands, it won't take long. Away you go. We'll leave you at that there till you get that sorted, and then we'll rejoin the mince pie party at that stage. Well, I have to say, that is a culinary miracle. <laughs> what I've just witnessed, from breadcrumb to this, you yes. did say it would happen. Yes, yeah, it just takes a few minutes. Give, give it kind of five minutes. If I pull it apart like this, it is slightly crumbly, yes. which makes it harder to work with when we're rolling it out, but it's what gives that lovely, short, little kind of crumbly texture. That's the coffee, by the way, in the background <laughs> there, just rattling along for us. Don't worry about that. It shows that it's live from Tara Walker's kitchen this evening. So look, I've just wrapped that in cling film and I'm going to pop it into the fridge just for a few minutes while I make my frangipan. And the frangipan is absolutely gorgeous. This is what makes it for me. When I was a kid, I wasn't really that into mince pies when it's just pastry and the mince meat. But when you pop the frangipan, which is that lovely almond paste, it's absolutely delicious. So using the same food processor, we don't need to wash anything here. I'm going to add my butter. This time I haven't kept my butter as cold. Then I'm adding my 50 grams of ground almonds. I have 50 grams of sugar, I have an egg, and then I have some almond extract. Now, extract rather than essence. Here we go. There's my egg going in. Just gonna wash my hands for a sec. Okay, so in with a teaspoon of my almond extract next. And now I'm going to just blitz this up so we don't need to pulse it the same way as we did earlier because we're just bringing this together as a paste. And that's it. Very quick job. As quick as that, yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to show you my mincemeat here in my fridge. So I made this last Christmas. This mincemeat yes. is a year old. Yes, yeah. Smell that. Oh my <laughs> word. There's 12 months in yeah, that jar for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. To be honest with you, I find it's, I prefer to make my own, not because of, you know, chefy reasons or whatever, but just because I have the, 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 the fruit here usually. Sometimes not all, always that easy to get a nice quality one. Some of the ones that you get kind of in some of the shops are very... The texture is very like a paste or something. Obviously, if you can get a really nice quality one, that's great in the shop. But it's so quick and easy to make. I just pop some orange juice, some sugar, a few little of the same types of spices, like your mixed spice or whatever, and some brandy in, and that's it. And the fruit is? Just mixed fruit, a bag that's of mixed it. fruit, yep. I can't remember to this day now from last year what exactly I put in it, but it would be a mixture of raisins, currants, um, sultanas, a little bit of, you know, the candied peel as well. Lovely, lovely. Oh, that is certainly beautiful. 12 months on and it's ready to go into the uh, Christmas 2023 mince pies with Tara Walker. Okay, so you're back to the fridge now. Yes, so our pastry's been resting for half an hour and we're going to get a little bit of flour now onto the board and roll it out. And because it's such a short crust pastry, you'll see it probably will break up a little bit, but that's fine. I'd rather that than overhandle it and have it super smooth. Um, a very good little piece of equipment I always tell people to use if you're if you like making pastry is a pastry scraper which is like a flat kind of lifter really um, it's like a little kind of palette knife that's about double or triple the width of a palette knife and it just means it won't stick to your work surface on you okay so I'm going to roll that out now and you see it's breaking up I'm not concerned about that turn it over 
roll and we want to roll it fairly thin because that's thin enough but you can see it's broken up that does not concern me i'll just piece it together i have greased my cupcake my little bun tin and i have a pastry cutter um, or a cookie cutter that's just a little bit wider than the wells of my cookie tin so you can see i'm just putting it there to measure it so you want it just slightly wider and then we're going to cut out and pop in and just repeat lovely that's uh very neat indeed and the just slightly larger cutter makes sure that they sit lovely exactly. into the uh the spaces of the little indentations there in your baking tray exactly and it's well oiled as well well greased i buttered it up so they won't stick as you said a moment ago you can piece this back together re-roll it again and yeah. work away with it well i nearly prefer if i can just to piece it together than re-roll it okay because if you re-roll it you're kind of handling it more so this is where you get the really lovely um sandy texture as i was talking about earlier where it's they're really really light okay so not a good idea to re-roll only roll once and uh, use your knitting skills exactly. to, to knit the pastry if together you can imagine if you can manage that if yeah. you can manage it yeah. yeah lovely so tara's filling each of the uh, little spaces provided in the baking tray here with the lovely pastry so now in with our little bit of minced meat so about a teaspoon and a half of it you don't want to overfill either because you don't want all the syrup to come out of the mince pies and cause them to stick to the tin, you know. Just work away to fill them all up. And then we're going to add our frangipan on top at the end. And a few little flaked almonds just for a nice bit of crunch on it all. I always think texture is as important as flavour with cooking. And they look nice too. Oh, they look lovely. And what I'll say to you is you've pitched that perfectly with the filling because... Sometimes you get mince pies and there's barely anything in them. They're all pastry. Oh, know. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. This pastry's beautiful. There'd be no problem with having too much of this pastry. <laughs> Just about a teaspoon of frangipan on top of each one. And you don't need to be super pedantic about spreading it out neatly because it will just kind of spread itself in the oven. A little dollop basically on top of every mince pie. And then we're going to top with a few um, flaked almonds on each. Oh yeah, to finish off just uh, the piece de resistance. So just a nice three or four pieces on top of each and then about 15 minutes in the oven at about 160. Great stuff. So we'll pop that into the oven there now and let them work away. The mulled wine is still mulling away yes. on the cooker there. The mulled wine is mm -hmm. ready. It's been mulling for a while. So just before we sit down while the mince pies are cooking, let's have a little taste of this. So it's been on, what, an hour at this stage? Yeah. 45 minutes anyway, um, which is probably enough and just a nice little cup of it and now yeah. there we go have a taste okay Jerry. let's have a taste happy there. christmas happy christmas <laughs> to you cheers i have to say i've just taken a sip of it it is fantastic there's some kick in it and what you said earlier on is so true it just warms the cockles of your heart doesn't it just so you can imagine well we don't need to imagine it's blooming freezing outside and uh, you know you're coming in out of the cold and you just want to make yourself feel at home and cozy and warmed how nice is this okay they're out of the oven and they're just at a lovely temperature now you've allowed them cool slightly i'm talking about the mince pies can i just expect a burst of wonderful flavour in my gob now. Is that it, Tara? That's the plan. And also a nice light short crust pastry. And you know what I didn't do, but I normally do, Jerry, is I glaze them a little bit with some apricot jam then. Just, look, we're eating them straight out of the oven, but if maybe if you wanted to serve them up on a nice tray or a nice cake stand or something, just makes them look that little bit more extra. I would uh, class myself as a connoisseur of mince pies. So here goes. <laughs> Let's see what I think here. 
we have a new league leader, may I say, Otara. They are simply adorable. I love the frangipan. Isn't the frangipan amazing? Honestly, for years I thought I didn't like mince pies until, I don't know, maybe I was 20 or something and I tasted them with frangipan. And I love almond anyway, almond flavours. And so I just think it turns it into something much more luxurious. Mulled wine, mince pies. Why would I go home? Why would I leave here this Christmas time? I have to. And we have to leave you on late lunch. Tara, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much indeed. Have a great Christmas and New Year. And again, just remind our listeners about you and where they can find out more. And there's exciting things happening in 2024. So everyone can find me at tarawalker.ie. That's my new website. I have online classes there. Sorry, you've asked me this with a mouth full of mince pie. (laughs) So I run online classes regularly, but I also have a very exciting new cooking club membership coming for 2024. And basically people can sign up to a monthly membership there where they have access to hundreds of recipes and video tutorials. They can ask me questions as well as we're going along and one free online class per month. There's also lots of recipes on the blog if you just want to check it out as well. Thank you so much. I'm delighted you talked for so long there because it enabled me to just keep enjoying these wonderful mince pies. Thank you for everything during the year. Happy Christmas to you, Rob and Grace. Thanks for facilitating us on late lunch. We'll see you in the new year. Thanks, Jerry. Happy Christmas. Great to see you as always. What time is it? Ten past three. It's time to do this on Five, late lunch. Four, three, two. One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number two from this very week in 1976. When I tell you that this song was originally recorded and written in German until Michael Holm took it in 1974 and rewrote the English version of it, uh, he didn't do much with it, to be honest with you, until Fred Jay. Now, there's a famous man because that guy wrote many, many songs. Do you remember Boney M and Rasputin and Mar Baker? This fella did those. He adapted this song for Johnny Mathis and it became, well, what would you say, one of the biggest number ones of all time at Christmas time. Yes, it's two with us today, but it did make it to the number one spot in 1976. It's a classic and each year it reappears around this time and no wonder. It's timeless. People love it. It transverses the generations. It really, really does. And it just oozes Christmas. Yes, our number two from this week in 1976, just before it made it to top spot, is Mr. Johnny Mathis and When a Child is Born. A ray of hope flickers in the sky A tiny star Lights up way up high Hate to love, war to peace And everyone to everyone's neighbor And misery and suffering Will be words to be forgotten forever
Johnny Mathis, When a Child is Born, number two from this week in 1976. But he's a mine of information. Eddie Caffrey's just been telling me that that has been adapted, or that was adapted from a classical instrumental piece called Soliado and was released by St Andrew's Chorale as Cloud 99 the year before Johnny Mathis had the hit with it. There you are. That's a piece of trivia you won't pick up anywhere else this afternoon, I have to say. Thanks, Eddie, for that. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon and after the break my eldest granddaughter Ava Flynn loves Christmas and I had a chat with her over the weekend and uh, ah look just lovely I have to say and also she's going to recite a lovely piece of Christmas poetry for us coming up after the break It's Christmas it's time for a catch up with one of my grandchildren my eldest granddaughter Ava Ava, thank you for joining us on Late Lunch again today. Tell the listeners, what age are you now? Eight years old. Where do you go to school? I go to school in St Oliver's National School, second class. And who teaches you? Miss McVeigh. It's a big class, isn't it? Because next year, what's happening? I make my communion. Oh, are you all excited? Yeah, really excited. It's almost Christmas, so I have to ask you, did you send your letter to Santa Claus in the North Pole? Yes, I did. And what have you asked him for this year? So I've asked for a pink Arab water bottle, um, some books, a box of loom bands and a surprise. Ah, very nice. And did you get a reply from him yet? No. But it will be in the post soon, won't it? I hope so. Oh yes it will. I know it will. Do you love Christmas? I really do. Why? Because it's a time where everybody's off and you get to spend time with your family and Santa comes and it's Jesus' birthday which is what Christmas is all about and just really spending time with your family which I really love to do. Who else is in your house, tell us? My little sister Olivia, my mum Sarah, my dad Kieran, and my dog Rocky. And who else appears around Christmas time? My elf Elfie. And what does he get up to? Not very good things, he makes a lot of mess. <laughs> Have you a Christmas tree up in your decorations? Yes, I do. And on Christmas Eve, tell us, do you leave something out for Santa and the reindeers? I do. I leave some cookies or a mince pie, milk or a beer and some carrots for Rudolph. Very good. Santa must be delighted when he comes down your chimney. And also, never put worms in Rudolph's carrots. Or Santa will not be happy. He would not, for sure. They have to be good carrots, don't they? Yes. And do you go to bed real early on Christmas Eve? I do, yes. And how excited are you? So excited. Out of 100, probably 100. Woo! That's great to hear. It really is. And as well as Christmas time, which you love, what else do you love to do? So I run with some of my friends, Cormac, Quiva, Connell and some other people. So I do my running with Drogheda and District. I do my dancing with KidCast and I do my swimming with Aura. What's your favourite of all? Running. So it's Christmas time again, a lovely time of the year. Do you have a poem you could read for me? I will. What are you going to read for us? Twas the night before Christmas. Okay, away you go. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, 
while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mamma in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, to open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the house, top the courses they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof, the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head, and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled in his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with the jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Thank you for reading that lovely Christmas poem for us. Thank you for joining us on Late Lunch. And I want to wish you and Olivia and I want to wish Harry and Pippa, all my grandchildren, a very happy Christmas. I hope that Santa comes to you all. And happy Christmas to all of our families and all the families and children out there this Christmas time. Thank you very much and a big happy Christmas to all of the Late Lunch listeners. Thank you, Ava Flynn.
You're welcome. <laughs> yes, John. Patty, thanks so much for the lovely words and others as well. She is. She's lovely, honest to God. And I just threw her that poem. Honest, honestly, she just read it from top to bottom without a break. She's fantastic. Anyway, that's it on Late Lunch for this Thursday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way for the with the uh, drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. We're back with Late Lunch tomorrow at half one. Thanks to Eamon Doyle, who's guided me safely through the last couple of hours. And for Miss Ava Flynn and all young children and people out there this Christmas time, she loves Kylie. This is for you, Ava. Bye. It's been a long time to be missing you, you, you. You're on your way now, leper, and I'm over the moon. Everything's all in place, but there is one thing clear. Christmas is a Christmas till you get here. Those sleigh bells ring, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.